0: Okay, there we go.
1: Whoa, feedback. This, this is, is ugly, Phil. ugly What are you waiting for? Do it! it! Triple M.
2: I've got this weird ass thing going on with my face. And it happened about last Sunday. And it just keeps trembling the whole time. Like only half of my face. And I thought I must have had a stroke. But I've had everything known to man. You know this too. You've seen me go through it. I've had everything known to humanity.
3: <laughs> yeah, you have, yeah.
2: Blood tests. Cat scans. I can't find out what's wrong with me, but it won't go away. And it's driving me nuts. Has anybody ever had this? One side of your face just trembles nonstop. And they can't find out what it is. Maybe I should just ask for a diagnosis. Hey, from the Phil, this room is like the
3: equivalent listeners. of Googling it.
2: No, it's not. What well, you think they don't have a Google or something? I just symptom, don't think then. this is a well, good you think, idea. No, the listener might. No, somebody might ring up. I know what happened. I had that and it went away. That's what I'm hoping for. Okay,
3: right. We'll see. You've
2: got a little faith in our listeners. There's something I've been trying to figure out for ages, and I don't know. Maybe today's the day. Hello, Julie speaking? Oh, yes, hello. Uh, the acting school. Yes, it is. It's Phil here from Triple M. I'm actually looking for an actress. Is there one around there at the moment?
4: Um, I've done some acting before.
2: You're an actress?
1: We prefer to call it just acting or actor.
2: Actor, right. Would it be okay if I called you an actress? Uh, Yes. Great. Can you hang on a sec? Yes.
5: Yes. Good afternoon,
2: Archdiocese. Oh, hi. It's Phil here from Triple M. Um, would it be possible to speak to the bishop, please? Uh,
5: which bishop would you like? Would there we be have...
2: anybody there at the moment who is, in fact, a bishop? Yes, I'm a bishop. How may I help? Oh, you are. Oh, good. Okay, could you hold on a minute, please? Hello, Julie. Hello. Yes, could you just speak to this gentleman, please, and ask him a question?
6: Um. Okay.
4: <laughs> Hello. Hello? Uh, yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Who am I speaking with?
1: Um. I'm Julie. Who are you?
4: Uh, My name's Bishop C.
5: What what, what is this in regard to?
2: That's all I really need. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you, Julie. I just always wanted to know what it was that the actress said to the bishop. What's the point of this? (laughs) Has an actress ever asked you a question? That's a hard one. How are you, TJ? Good, thank you, Ugly Phil. How are you? What can you tell me?
6: Mate, it's stress, I can tell you. It's underlying, it's somewhere deep inside you, but definitely some stress
2: somewhere. Well, that's what everyone said to me. Oh, you've got this trembling yep. in your face. It's, well, not yep. everyone. Some people said, oh, it's a stroke, and then just walked away laughing. Yeah,
6: the, yeah, the poo-poos will tell you it's cancer. Yeah. It's definitely something basic. It's just a bit of stress.
2: Have but, you had this yourself?
6: Yeah, a little twitch
2: on the top of my lip. Yeah, so well, it, I've had it the whole side of my face, though. Goes,
4: maybe more stress than what I had, I don't know.
2: But it definitely, it's probably stress. The bigger the tremble, the more the stress. Tri- yeah, exactly. You're not a doctor of wine as well, by any chance. Doctor of but- beer, but not wine. <laughs> Thanks, DJ. <laughs> hey, Darren. Hello, ugly Phil. What's going on, man?
7: Seriously, the only thing it is, is tightness.
2: The guy before you said it was stress.
7: No, you're not
1: stressed. My name is Dr. Electrical. I'm a doctor in electrical.
2: Oh, really? Because I had just a doctor of beer on before. <laughs> so were are you trying to tell me I've got a short circuit or something?
1: Yeah, well, maybe you have, and maybe I could come in and fix it for
2: you. I'm trying to get someone to tighten one of my nuts, if you can help me with that i uh, got spinners. Hey, Peter, what's going on? Your face just, like, uh twitches out, right? Yeah. It's uh,
1: low-level magnesium.
2: That's better than the last two who just made up any old shit. <laughs> no, I used to have the same thing. Oh, thank you the Lord and me. bless you, my son. <laughs> You're not a doctor of anything, are you? No, my mom's a nurse. Well, that's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> and tomorrow night on The Rubber Room, the Triple M Rubber Room listeners will teach us how to land a plane when both of the engines have broken. Hey, Buddha! How you go, buddy? It's your birthday, you old bastard! Yeah! Are you there with Ray? Yeah. Can hey, you... yeah, i Are you both on speakerphone?
6: Yeah.
2: Right, so Buddha, how old are you today?
6: 54.
2: Crikey, you've made it this far.
6: Oh no, he's done, he'll go another 10. He's got a little letter from the old one.
2: He's got more mileage than my old Tirana. <laughs> Butter and Ray, I said to Sammy X, she said, you better talk to Butter. it's his birthday. I said, I'll call him later. She said, oh, you better call him now, because otherwise him and Ray will be too pissed to go on the radio. Yeah, shoot, mate, yeah. Hey, Ray... Yeah? Let's sing him happy birthday hey, right. Happy birthday to
7: happy
2: you Happy birthday to you Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you, you Happy birthday to you And Buddha's shells like poo No, oh, it's a new version of it Happy birthday, Buddha! Yeah. Uh, happy birthday, girl That's not my birthday, it's yours, you idiot <laughs> <laughs> I know that you're Are you f***ed up? Here's the thing, right, and I blame you for this too, because one night when I was bored at home and it was late, I managed to get on a talkback show, because I just rang up as a joke, and I managed to get on and I taped it, and then I told you about it, and then you said, go on more, Phil, get on there more, and come up with more stupid ideas, and I've been trying to get on, but the problem is the guy has now recognised my voice. And so I have to use another name in order to get on the air.
5: Coast to coast, Australia wide. Greg Silverman oozing out the Aussie pride. Next caller is Stephen. Hello, Stephen. Morning, Greg. How are you?
2: Yeah, not too bad. Um, I've got a really Stephen. big intersection at the front of my house. Uh-huh. And I wondered, and the cars keep me awake, is there any way they could move the intersection further up?
5: Yes. Sorry, your name's Stephen. Is it Stephen? Yeah. Yeah, you just sound very familiar, like somebody else we've had call, and you're saying you, you want to move... Is, is your... it
2: possible to get the council to move the intersection?
5: In theory, we're always changing the road rules. You're saying you, right. you, you, want a, you want a stop sign, you want traffic lights there. No,
2: no, no, I want
7: them to move the intersection, to, like, block off the road so that it's no longer an intersection, so I don't hear
2: loud traffic noise, and then I can, you know, it'll be a lot easier for me to sleep and to get a park and... All that kind of thing. Just completely block the intersection off, move it up the road a few. Uh,
5: look, I'm going oh, to go I'm out kidding. in a limb here and say your name's not Stephen at all. This is that Phil bloke, isn't it, mate? Look, uh, oh, we don't want you calling this program with your hair, brain schemes. Uh, this is a serious program tackling serious topics just, that I affect thought, Australians. Yeah, OK,
4: no, I just thought you thought it would be a good idea. I mean, I just wanted to contribute to the show, Greg. Mate,
5: you're a flip. Why don't you do yourself a favour and don't call us anymore? Anyway, it's coming up on 23 past the hour, a coast-to-coast Australia-wide Australian pride. The world and its economy are changing, so Australia needs to... F- Banned.
2: I've been barred. He was pretty rude, though, wasn't he? I know, but that's what they do, they talk talkback guys. I think he's enjoying me calling him. Why don't I call him again later this week? Our mate Jim Jeffries... He's about to come back to Australia to do a big tour. I think I've become American, more American
1: than I'm Australian lately. I, and there was a moment where I tipped over where I went, oh, I think like an American person now. Get up to the TSA conveyor belt thing, and I'm so good at the airports, I'm already taking my shoes off as I'm walking. And all the Australians behind me assume that I'm American. And the TSA guy goes, hey, mate, what are you taking your shoes off for? And I went, I don't know! <laughs>
2: Hey Jim Jeffries, how are you?
1: G'day mate, a little hungover today, I had a birthday party yesterday. How old are you now? Thirty-nine. They used to review my shows and always used to mention my boyish charm. No one said that for a long time.
2: Do you think that's an element of the show that you can't use to get away with now? Oh, but I was just being boyish and impish.
1: Yeah, I'm just an impish. I'm a naughty boy. Yes. Now I'm a dirty old man.
2: So have you got a name for this tour?
1: I think they're still calling it the Freedom Tour. I'm not sure. I don't know.
2: Thought maybe it's the tour with no name.
1: Well, this is the thing with comedy. People go, "How's your tour going?" It's just gigs evolve. Material evolves. So I, I find
2: it a bit wanky to have a tour name, to be honest with you.
1: The wanky name tour. <laughs> you, know. you can name it, I'll let you name it.
2: How are the Americans going with this whole gun thing that you were doing? I know it's an old thing that you did, but you kept popping up on my Facebook page with uh, Jim Jefferies, you know, gun control.
1: Yeah, it's very weird when I turn the TV on and I know a massacre's happened that, that my notoriety's going to spike a little bit that day. I recorded that return about a year and a half ago. Did nothing for about a year. And then six months ago, it blew up. And it was news shows over here. It was on, played to law students in Yale. Very interesting because, you know, some of the statistics I made up.
2: They don't mind a little bit of criticism from within their own country. But when people like Piers Morgan, for example, get on the anti-gun crusade, oh, you're not from this country. You're not from around these here,
1: <laughs> I do get a lot of hate mail. They all start the same way. You're not from me. You don't like it, go home. You shouldn't be able to say anything. My response to that is, they're Americans. It's not like historically they've kept their opinions to themselves. They're very loud people, and they get offended when other people are loud. But the two things I made up was, you're 80% more likely to be shot by a guy if you have one. I just said that. It's a good statistic. Uh, Yeah.
2: (laughs) What about this Donald Trump character?
1: He can't win, and I don't think he wants to win. I think he wants to just get more rich. If he wins, he gets a pay cut. I think that's what he really wants, more notoriety. There's a little bit of me that, like... Wouldn't it be fun, just four years? Let's just see the world go crazy. It'd
2: bit like under the days of perhaps the end of Reagan or the end of Nixon, where people were living on a knife edge, but it was exciting to get out of bed that day.
1: The thing is, he's not going to win because the Mexicans don't like him. And if the Mexicans don't like you, you don't win.
2: Imagine if the whole thing is actually, secretly, a reality show. Who wants to be president?
1: Well the thing is it's not even secretly a reality show, it is a reality show. I watch it about five hours a day. I just turn it on. I watch Fox News. I enjoy getting angry. I just watch it to upset myself. Obama's ruined the country. They just say he's ruined the country. And you're like, how? Every other country likes him. The debt is halved. Unemployment is at an all time low. What's he done wrong? He's tried to give him health care, they don't want it. (laughs)
2: Jim Jeffries is on the phone. I've got the tour dates. I'll tell you in just a sec as well. And and Jim, just like you, I would like to see the Americans elect Donald Trump just for the excitement of what will ensue. <laughs> It'll be very interesting to watch. Hey, here's something. I don't know if you know this. Canada's former Minister of National Defence, Paul Hellyer, testified at a hearing that aliens are living among us, and it's likely that at least two of them are working with the US government. How come that's not making headlines, man? <laughs> 'Cause it's true. Yeah, I know. We all know that's the truth. But don't I mean like shapeshifters are among us. For Christ's sake, if you look on YouTube you'll see that Oprah Winfrey's one of them. You know, why are they keeping this a secret? <laughs> Lizard people.
1: Basically, Men in Black was a documentary.
2: That's why every third episode of The Current X-Files, when they get too close to the bone, they've got to throw something ridiculous in there just to throw people off the trail.
1: Reece Darby, my, one of my best mates, yeah, he played uh, yes, like saw- a werewolf band or something. I was with Reece when he got the part. I was over at his house, and I was sitting chatting to him, and he got the phone call, and he went, Oh, they to be a werewolf on the X-Files. And I go, oh, they're going in a different direction now, are they? <laughs> <laughs> he also played a werewolf in uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Mm. I think he's going to get typecast as a werewolf. <laughs>
2: well, but I can't wait to see you when you get here. Here's the idea for your show: The Shapeshifter Tour.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I might get the wrong type of crowd. Who cares? A crowd's a crowd, case. you know. There is a chance that I might do a tour one day where I just lose my mind and start talking about stuff like that. I've seen it happen to comic friends of mine. That's why you don't want to read too much.
2: Don't read books. It's not going to do you any freaking good. <laughs> Looks like we got us a reader, to quote our good friend Bill Hicks. <laughs> All right, man, nice to touch you again. I'll see you when you get here. Alright, Jim Jeffries from April twenty-one at the Enmore in Sydney for a few dates. And also from April twenty-nine at the Margaret Court Arena. And in Brisbane from April twenty eight, I think that is. Uh yeah, sorry, April twenty one at the Margaret Court Arena in Melbourne, and then from April twenty-eight at the Entertainment Centre in Brisbane. Go check out Jim Jeffries live on tour across Australia, presented by Triple M. I was talking to a mate of mine, I said, What are you doing tonight? Do you feel like going out afterwards? He said, I can't. I'm going to a French film festival. And I said, You doing a what? And he said he's been going out with this girl who he's trying to, for the want of a better expression, get to make love to. And the only way that he thinks he's going to be able to do this is to go to the French Film Festival. And tonight is night five. Night 1 he went. He said it was pretty boring. I said, well, how far did you get by night 3? He said, nothing. So I said, do you think by the end of night 5, there may be a little bit of nasty, the making the beast with two backs, the flagrant delective? And he said, I'm not sure. I haven't had a kiss yet. And I was thinking to myself, how far have you gone to get laid yourself? Because I went to see Coldplay once, and it was just for that reason alone. And no, it never happened. But you live in hope. And I know Sammy X is going to hate me for telling this, and I know she won't tell the story herself, but she once queued up for this guy who had a band that he really liked. And she queued up for, what, how long, an hour to get an autograph from the band to give to the guy?
3: Um, Yeah, it was probably about an hour. Did you get any nasty as a result of that? I'm not commenting on that, (laughs) Phil. Are you kidding?
2: It looks like the English Festival Download, which is one of the finest rock metal gigs, heavy metal gigs that you can see in the world, Could be coming to Australia. I used to work at Kerrang! Radio in Birmingham, and uh, because Kerrang! used to present download at Donington, we used to go, and there were some of the most incredible bands. And now it seems that the English Festival's booker, Andy Copping, has said to Australian fans, watch this space, prompting gossip that the festival could expand to Australia, which will be, and take my word for this, fan-bloody-tastic. Because Download is one of the greatest music festivals in the world. And this year, in fact, if you give you an idea of who's playing at Download in the UK this year, in June, you've got Ramstein, Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, Korn, Deftones, Megadeth, Disturbed, Jane's Addiction, they're the headliners but also other bands You're going like uh, Amity Affliction, for example, are playing there and a whole bunch more as well. So we'll find out more details about this, the Download Festival. If it happens in Australia, it could be bigger and better than anything that's performed in Australia so far. Now, have you ever walked around the city and actually opened your eyes to the amount of sex shops that you can find? You know, I'd never been in one. And today was the first time. Wow, what an eye-opening experience that is. And I had the hidden microphone on me as well, because I wanted to see whether or not the guy at the shop could help me with what I was looking for. Hope you might. Yeah, I've got a list of some things that um, my girlfriend wants for her act. She's an exotic dancer. I wonder if you've got any of these.
7: Yep.
2: Have you got the um, the limp biscuit?
7: The limp biscuit. Yeah. Nah, uh, nah. Don't know what that is. What about the Kajigugu? Kajigugu. I'm not quite sure what you mean.
2: What about um, the
7: Goo Goo Doll? We've got some dolls like that, you know, people you can blow up. If that's what you mean, like that
2: 1869 or no, it's the Goo Goo Doll. No, mate, we've got. Um, no. Okay, what about the Five
7: Finger Death Punch? If you're talking about one of those things that you struck, no, I don't no. know what that is. No, the Butthole Surfer. Oh, there's a couple of things, but probably not one that's called that. I don't know if you're after that specifically. I but don't know. No. She's been trying to get hold of the Backstreet Boys gag as well. No. Um, unless it's down the back. Uh, you can check the back corner, but no. Okay. Uh, Flaming lips cream? Just in front down there. There's some lube. Oh, it's okay.
2: Some... What about the motorhead batteries? Motorhead batteries? No. The Florence and the machine? Well, mate, all the toys are kind
7: of in the cabinet over there to yeah. your left if you want to have a look.
2: I couldn't. I was looking there. I couldn't find any bush. Do you have any bush or any radio head?
7: No bush. Mate, but most people are shaving these days, but no radio head either. Uh, um,
2: Nine-inch nail?
7: There's... Toys down the on the corner there, if you want to go down there, there's some toys. There's a whole rack of toys down oh,
2: there. Oh, okay. The Twisted Sister Clamp.
7: Twisted Sister what? The Clamp or the Deep Purple. I know she's definitely... Oh, there's a couple of
2: purple things in that yeah, section over peeing. there. Um, any Pearl Jam? Pearl Jam, isn't that a band? No, I don't think she wants the band. I think she wants the uh, the lubricant. Nah, mate. I'd- right, I'll have a look over here. All right. Can't believe you can't get a Twisted Sister clamp this time of the night in the middle of the city.
3: That's amazing. And no Flaming Lips either. I'm disappointed by that yeah, one. Yeah, what's I have to that admit. about?
2: I was talking to a couple of people around the office, and some people think that you shouldn't shit at work. And I'll let that sink in for a second there. Some people, I mean, I'm not going to mention any names. Sammy X uh, believes <laughs> that. And when you told me that you don't think that people should shit at work. I said, that's ridiculous. And then I asked a couple of people around the office and even one or two men agreed that they don't think it's fair play that you do number twos whilst you're at work and that that sort of stuff should be done at home. What's the theory behind this?
3: I just think that I don't want to be in the same room as my colleagues who do that and then have to talk to them afterwards having... But you don't have them. to. What, are
2: you looking under the door?
3: No, but you can hear and you can smell. And I'd just rather not know about that You're kind
2: blushing of thing. while you tell me this. <laughs> wow. Is this just a phenomenon that's particular to a few people that work in the radio industry? <laughs> or, I just
3: think, yeah. keep it at home and then it just saves everybody feeling awkward.
2: Sure. Okay. Well, i got no problem. You know, when you've got to go, you've got to go. I mean, you know, I don't do it in the trough anymore. I've decided to go into the bathroom. How do you feel about this? Does this sound like a phenomenon that is unique just to radio or number twos in your business? Are you against it? (laughs) The phone's ringing. People want to tell us. (laughs) Okay, so I said it more out of curiosity than people thinking, you know, that I've lowered the tone of this highbrow show. And, you know, I wouldn't do that. But I wanted to know, having based on something that Sammy X said, that she doesn't like it when people do number twos at work. And I said, that's ridiculous. I asked around and a few other people agreed. It seems to be some people agree that you should never go number twos at work. Zach! Oh,
4: yeah, I only do it at work. You know, you got to keep people employed, cleaning bathrooms and that.
7: Well, that's but,
2: a good point, keeping Australia working.
7: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, you can't give your miss at home more stuff to clean. She's got children to look
2: after, so it's a bit of a balance. Right, appreciate that, mate. Thank you. Some good balance in the workplace. Stuart, what do you think? I think if you got to go,
1: you got to go, mate.
2: Yeah, I know. What is this thinking? And as I said, it's not just a few women around the office. One or two of the blokes said, Oh, yeah, I don't shit here either, mate. I just don't think it's right.
1: Well, is it the atmosphere there? Like, is it. Are you guys on like eight eight hours, nine hours, ten hours straight? I mean, a lot of factory workers, if you're on for eight and nine, ten hours, and you've only got a half hour lunch break, when are you going to go? I don't
2: know. I thought when you said, is it the atmosphere here because you give everybody the shit's Phil. But no, it's after. When I start, oh, everyone's come gone. On, home. No, I'd say that, that sometimes, so and I'm going to be nice today. Hey, Ben, what do you think? Um, yeah, I do it every day, mate. I'm a painter. Yeah.
7: And um, I do repaints. I think there's nothing better than when the owner goes out. Leaving a nice strip of down and
2: bunny type. Wow! So you actually wait for them to go out to take the privilege in their house?
7: Yeah, see, I don't want to do it while
2: we're there, because. Oh, of course not. I mean, you know, they don't want tradespeople, you know, oiling up the bathroom, so to speak. Yeah. Mick, what do you think?
1: Mate, I reckon shitting at work, it should be uh, normal. Normal, Mate, yeah. My... My boss, mate, he, he goes
2: down on the M7 and shoots on the M7. Really? On the side of the road? Well, it's good for the horticulture, though, I guess. Wayne, what do you think, mate?
4: Well, I didn't really have much of an opinion on it until um, I spoke to the cleaner after work one day, and he said to me that he'd, he'd had the darndest time cleaning up after some of these people.
2: Right, so you think that out of respect for the people who clean the bathrooms, do it at home, only number ones at work?
4: I think if you're going to do them at work, you've got to make sure you flush them.
2: Yeah, of course. It's amazing that, how many times you go into the bathroom and somebody has not some flush. Dan, what do you think? Oh, there's an
7: old saying about it. The boss makes a dollar, I make a dime. That's why I only poop on company time.
2: Have you ever stolen toilet paper from work? Oh, no, not that I can remember. Oh, it saves you a fortune. Take it from me. Chloe, good to get a female perspective here. What do you reckon?
6: We at work have two toilets. There's yeah. one kind of near everyone at work. Yep. And one down towards reception. Right. If you have to do number two. You have to go to the other one down near reception. You've
2: got a designated poop shoot. It is
6: frowned upon if you do it in the one closest to the office. Wow, that's
2: amazing! And how do they pass this law? I mean, was there ever an email that went out, or is it just kind of folklore and it's just gone through the company? It's
6: kind of folklore. It's, everyone knows it's the poop toilet. Yep. Yeah, don't go. then
2: yeah, And do you ever? when you know somebody's going to number 2's because i often think this ah, oh, he's going on the disabled toilet he's doing number 2's because i like to stretch out do you think that you know do ever people time people in the office and go oh
6: there's a stigma if you head that way. Everyone thinks that's what you're doing. Yeah,
2: oh, brilliant. Hey Derby, what do you reckon? I reckon you should definitely not.
4: I, um, okay. I work at a local community radio station, and the other day I walked into the bathroom and someone had had explosive diarrhoea, and it was just. I I bet had to you turn around it, and walked out.
2: Probably someone from the gardening show on the weekend. Bazza, what do you reckon?
4: What do I reckon, Um, mate? I I actually, uh, mate, I've been working for a long time. I've got quick metabolism.
1: Yep. Uh, So I'm three to four times a day. Wow. And after what I heard on the radio,
4: I think you're telling me I should go on the doll
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do yourself a favour and go and have a look on Craigslist. Wow, there's some bizarre stuff on there. I found this a pregnancy test for $25. I'm selling positive pregnancy tests. Ever since I became pregnant, I've been asked numerous times for a positive test, so I thought I'd start charging for it. Let's have a chat with her.
8: Here's more weird stuff on Craigslist.
2: How are you, Julie? Yeah, I'm good. You're selling positive pregnancy tests for 25 bucks.
6: Yep. How did you come up with this idea? Oh, <laughs> uh, it was my stepbrother's idea, Neil. I feel like I was, you know, a cap- to capitalising, I don't know, you know, just making money.
2: How many of these do you sell a day?
6: It varies, but, you know, I don't want to give all my secrets away. Five a day, maybe? Four? Yeah, you know, it's like a personal service. I can, like, piss on it early so it's ready to go. You can come get it. Yeah. Or, like, you know, you can just rock up and I can piss on it right in front of you so, you know, it's super fucking fresh and you can just, like, see that it's no, you know, bullcrap or nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah sure. And how so, yeah,
2: um, what kind of people are buying these off you?
6: Oh, look, mate, uh, I don't ask no questions. So
2: people <laughs> just, don't even know, tell you why they want them.
6: I, I'm making people happy and that, that feels nice, you know, to give back to the community. So you know, I drink a bit of to f- deliver to the client and keep the fluids up, you know, and um, <laughs> my boyfriend, he fing loves it. Like he's he, he you know, two hundred and fifty bucks.
2: So how much uh, money like you make in 10. what a week, a day? What?
6: Yeah, yeah, about a week, you know. Yeah. And um, he gets his f***ing smokes and providing a service and it feels good. That's, yeah. You know, that's all I'm going to say.
2: You're really giving back. How long before you give birth and then, of course, will you try and get pregnant again?
6: Yeah, like, it's, a, it's an ongoing um, business, Feel Like, you know, I'm going to go until the f***ing uterus falls out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're
2: doing a splendid job for Australia and I know for a fact that Malcolm Turnbull would be proud of you. Who? The Prime Minister.
6: Yeah, um anyway, I gotta go, mate. My mum's looking at me with her fing I've got six kids fing staring at me right now. Alright. Thanks, man. More weird stuff on Craigslist!
2: TMAs are here. The new album's called Hell's End. It's out on Friday. How long have you had the album pretty much ready to go? We finished recording it
9: about a year ago. The end of January last year, we finished tracking it. We were kind of touring so much off the back of the last EP, so it, was, it kind of changed things around a bit and less than ideal for mixing the album, and having to mix it on the road and whatnot. Right, okay. But it's been a long time coming. And yeah. how
2: has the crowd reaction been to the stuff that they don't know?
9: Great. Yeah, really good. Yeah, you see people like trying to sing along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, one of the you songs not know this song. And you've had a big tour too, haven't you? We did a big run in America where we kind of started at CMJ. And, and then walked um... over to the West Coast and we pretty much did everything in between. Yeah. We,
0: we, we, went, we went to Europe as well. That was real good.
7: What about in the UK? Well, all the shows are sold out. I like I think one of them is just about to. But like the first show to, to sell out was Manchester. Yeah, of course. But, yeah. yeah, But, you know,
9: all over the UK. And Glasgow has been really, really cool. Yeah. You know, like, the psychos up there, which we like. Are you doing Coachella? Is that right? That's right. We've got a bunch of mates that are meeting up with us. I think there. Deer Hunter were playing the same day we were playing. I don't know. I okay. could look it up. It was
0: ages ago that it got announced. i so just completely forgot.
9: It's been kind of weird for us in the last uh, I think 12, 12 night months night playing this kind of catch-up. Yeah, of course. With, our, with overseas in Australia but I think we're pretty much in sync now. Oh, good, So okay. when the album comes out, yeah. it'll be all out. But yeah, I'm, I'm also intrigued to see what the response is like.
2: Uh, what's the stage line-up now? The three of you, plus have you got travelling musicians with you?
9: Yeah, we've
0: got um, another guitarist, Joel, uh, bass player, Tom, and our drummer, Liam. I can't
2: wait to see you live in concert. It's like almost a fanboy moment for me here because I'm like, I'm seriously, I'm such a I'm such a f***ing <laughs> huge fan, man. It's
9: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so well, much. It's so good to chat again, man.
2: Peter Cain's on the ISDN, the Skype, the technical thing to talk about dogs and how you can make some money
8: out of it. How are you, dude? I'm doing good, Phil. How are you?
2: So Sammy X sent you a photo of her cat.
8: Oh, my God. It puts a grumpy cat to shame. It's an awesome-looking cat. Do you think she could make some money out of that thing? Absolutely. That cat is ready for advertisement. Is that an old cat? It is, isn't it? Five years old or something like that. Oh, is that it? I thought it was like 35 or something.
2: No, he's got one, for people who don't know, he's like a Persian. He's got one blue eye and one brown eye.
8: Uh, the picture, like he had kind of like a weird looking smile. Does he have all his teeth or is that is he just like a, just an unusual looking cat?
2: If you were trying to get a cat like a grumpy cat, to make money for you. Are they hard to come by? And how do you know that you've got an award-winning, lucrative cat?
8: I think it's just the luck of the draw. Like Sam, I think just lucked out with Stanley. It is a really unusual looking cat. He has this like expression on his face that really it is right up there with grumpy cat. It's a very nice looking cat. I couldn't figure out honestly, if it was like real old or young and it's young. What do you
2: reckon makes cats or dogs or pets different in order for them to get TV advertising and therefore the owners of the cat or dog don't have to work anymore? You can see where well, I'm going here, exact- right?
8: I know exactly what that is. It's about the looks. Like with the dog, TV, they don't really want to use like a black lab because it doesn't really show up good on film. Right. They want like a light brown and white colored dog, stuff like that. Cats, it's sort of the same thing. But you want, you know, an animal that has like a lot of expression like Sam Stanley. It's really about how, how the animal looks. And many of these animals, the dogs that are in the film industry and everything, they're food trained animals. Yeah. When I was on Tosh O, they had a dog on set doing the, the peanut butter scene and this was a horribly behaved animal. It was a food trained animal and it was not compliant. It was one of the, I couldn't believe it. I was like, if my dog Ike was here, a yeah. black lab, he could have done it lickety split. It was a funny scene. It has to do with how they look, not you know how well they are trained to tell you the truth.
2: Do you have to go and find an agent? How can you get this freaking dog to yeah. get you some money.
8: Yes, like, it, the, like the dog that was on Tosho, that dog worked for a company that just worked with the movie industry. And the same thing sort of here in New York. There's a agent in Long Island. I had an agent for my pets years ago and it just didn't pan out. What the deal is, is like you, you make like $500 you know, you have to take the whole day off. It's just not worth it. Really? You know? Yeah, it is. You, you get an agent and then people call the agent and then the agent calls you and you got to be ready to go. You know, you're not making a ton of money unless you're on like some Disney film and they're going to have you you know, you're the head trainer or something for the whole film. Do you know what kind of animals they look for? I think it all just depends. I've known some people that do this and the reason why I was doing it was that I have like multiple species and that's key. So if they're looking for a cat and they call the person that's dealing with the studio or whatever, you know, they can say, well, I I know somebody with a cat. The manager, you know, they want to have somebody that has multiple animals that they can call on. I know somebody that had squirrels and they did commercials with their squirrels, sort of all depends. I'll tell Sandy
2: X to go make some money out of this cat, and I'll talk to you next week.
8: What's the website again for YouTube? People can find you and stuff. Peter Kane dog training on YouTube. My last name's spelled C-A-I-N-E.
2: While I was online today looking around, just looking for a little bit of part-time work. This jockeying isn't the only thing that I can do. I've got other skills. And I found a gig that perhaps I could apply for. I think I'll be good at this one.
6: Hello, this is Tracy speaking.
2: Oh yeah, hi, it's Phil here at Triple M. I'm looking for a little extra part-time work and I noticed you've got an ad. You were looking for somebody to do customer relations. That's
6: right, Phil. Have you, uh, have you got any experience?
2: Yes, I do. I deal with people on the phone all day at work in my job. Is this a, a phone job?
6: It
4: is a fine job, yeah. Look, uh, it'd probably probably be great if you could send your um, CV through
2: to me. Right, what are you looking for? Because I deal with people every day on the phone, um, customer relations are my thing, actually, because, uh, you know, one-to-one with the general public, that sort of thing, you know, having sort of empathy towards what, you know, their needs are, um, the patience that it takes to deal with, you know, some difficult sort of inquiries and and the public.
6: Yeah, look, there's certainly attributes that we look for in this sort of role. We really are looking for an even-tempered person that can have... Handle sort of lots of different personalities that'll ring through, I and mean, then you will get some difficult people sometimes. and You need to be able to be calm. Oh,
2: sure, no, that's fine. I can deal with it. Could you hold on a second because I've just got another phone call coming through? Um, yeah, no worries. I'll just, if you don't mind, I'm just going to put you no, on hold for a sec. I'll just put you on hold for a sec. Hello?
6: Phil, David from downstairs. What, mate? Where are you?
2: Mate, I'm busy.
6: Waiting you to sign oh, off.
2: For mate. I told you I'd come down there when I had time, all right? Well, I think that was three
1: hours ago. Oh, you mate, can't what tell me you haven't th- had no time no, between
2: then and the f- the problem with you guys downstairs, I've got lots to do. All right? Well, I you think what you've got to do is write down shit here. Shit out of me every ten bloody minutes. Well, you're working, or don't you work here? Why do you ring and hassle me every ten bloody minutes of the day? I said when I said I'm getting it done when I can get it done. Get your back down here at ten, or you're gone. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, are you still there, uh, Tracy? Uh, yes. Yeah.
6: Look. Uh, I'm not sure if you realise this, but I actually heard all of that and, you know, I just just heard your conversation with that person. Didn't
2: I I put you on hold?
6: Well, you may have meant to, but I heard everything and quite frankly, I... Oh no, no, that was just a prank among
2: a couple of colleagues in the office. No,
6: listen, I I really, I don't think you're going to be what we're looking for. Sorry, sorry, let's not waste any more time. Thank you.
2: Hey Darren! Good
1: mate. I rang up last night on DR Electrical. Oh as that's you right. Know.
2: You offered to give me some kind of health check by adjusting my nuts with your spanners.
1: Exactly right. I just heard that you head henchos are going into uh, meetings and you know, your jobs might be uh, you know, sort of like on critical list. Oh,
2: every day of our lives, man.
1: Well, I'm going to support Sammy
2: X. Forget about her. She's expendable. It's me you need to look after.
1: No, but you're ugly. It
2: doesn't make any difference.
1: Yeah, it does. And you need your nuts tightened.
2: Do you know what we may have a spare one of? And I want to give it to you for supporting the Rubber Room. And is there a Mrs. Darren too, by the way? Yeah. Would you like a penis tuxedo? (laughs)
4: Why
2: not?
1: That sounds enjoyable.
2: I'm going to send you a penis tuxedo under the one proviso. Yeah? You've got to take a photo of you wearing it so we can put it on our Facebook page. Get our Facebook numbers up.
1: In all honesty, I'd have to see it before I f***ing
4: did that.
2: No, mate, you'd have to do it. You've got to promise me you'll do it now. All right. It'll cover you up and make your man bits look really a bit like James Bond. How are you, Steve?
7: Mate, I was going great and then I just turned on the radio and my good mate, Phil, has given away a penis tuxedo and I'm still hanging out for my one. What's going on? Is this
2: Steve that rang up the night we had the penis tuxedo and I rang you back and you changed your voicemail and it said you if you're called... Did anybody actually ask you what that was about when they rang you and got that voice message?
7: I was pretty tactical, and I had it up for about an hour. Yeah, um, it would have raised some questions. It would have, it would have. You're very, you're onto it. I was onto it as well. Why
2: hasn't the ex got you your penis tuxedo yet?
7: I don't know. I've been hanging out for it, and then all of a sudden, I hear on the radio that you're offering.
2: I wasn't handing out your penis tuxedo. Mate, I'm not Judas.
7: Mate, get
1: with it, Phil. Come on, mate.
2: Well, I'll put you back to... Tell the X off. Don't tell me (laughs) off. Tell Sammy X.
7: She's got (laughs) her hands on your penis tuxedo. You're in charge of my penis tuxedo, Phil. No, I
2: passed the penis tuxedo to Sammy X. There is no passing the buck on this one, Phil. As soon as I felt the smooth tube in my hand, it was gone. I would imagine nothing less of such a miraculous invention. Well, of course. So how did this happen? How on earth... Have I suddenly found myself in the middle of a penis tuxedo war? Well,
3: that's exactly what's happened. You can't just go around giving people. Free well, I thought penis we had a spare tuxedos. penis
2: tuxedo. I thought there was a spare one lying around.
3: No, why did you think there was a spare one well, lying because around? because There's two on your desk! Yeah, and there's two people that are getting penis tuxedos. Well now I'm
2: thinking he wants his penis look, bloody Darren's
3: Darren on the phone. Is Darren, Darren, yeah. Chasing up here, so you've probably offered it to him as well.
2: Darren, there's no penis tuxedo for you. No, I'm sorry. What's going on? This isn't penis tuxedo 2 for Tuesday. <laughs> Apparently it There is. are no more penis. Everybody calm the frick down. No more penis tuxedos. What about one more? No more. One more. Penis tuxedos have gone. Ah! Gone. Gone. No, pe- no penis tuxedo for you. No. I can't believe you described a couple that you know as being a bit fruity.
3: Oh, I can't believe you're saying this on air. That was for you and me only. <laughs> I've
2: never heard of... Maybe in the 60s in a carry-on movie, a couple of people described as being fruity. Well, I just
3: think that they are a little bit fruity. Okay, <laughs> and how
2: can you... Can you... Explain what fruity means. I mean, no, what, like,
3: I just mean that they're a bit. Um, they would enjoy the work of the penis tuxedo. Is all that I meant.
2: Right. So fruity, as in they're rather what kinky? Is that is that the?
3: Yeah, but in a nicer, fruity. more sort of PG way. Meet my lovely friends. Uh, they're rather fruity. <laughs> they are fruity. You telling me you don't think they're fruity?
2: I don't think I know what fruity actually I, means. These but... two
3: are the fruitiest people I've ever met.
2: My dad's birthday is coming up on Sunday, and I tried to organise a little something for him, a nice little surprise. Didn't go quite as I'd expected, though, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I'm fine, yeah.
2: Good, Okay. listen, I've got you something. Hang on a sec.
1: Okay. all right, yeah.
2: Hello, you there, Angel? Yes, I am. This is my dad. Say hello. His name's Derek. Oh,
1: hi, Derek. Hello, Angel. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, yeah, I'm good. You know, yeah, Okay.
2: Excellent. I wanted to get you something different, and it's been a while since you've had a girlfriend Um, so I thought it would be nice for you to uh, perhaps have a a pleasurable Sunday if you know what I mean
4: what precisely are you talking about
2: well I've got um, angels here she is a lady of the night oh oh and I'm prepared to do this for you to pay for this for you
1: are you serious Philip I thought you were going to be more dignified in your career from now on but this is going back to the old days
2: I thought you'd think it was Thoughtful.
1: I'm elderly now.
2: Angel, you have no problem with elderly uh, gentlemen?
1: No, I don't.
2: She's got no problem with it, Dad. She's happy to, you know. Well,
1: perhaps she's got no problem.
2: Do I go ahead and pay? What do you want me to do?
1: I'm honestly not going to talk to you about this on, on the radio. I'll talk to you later about this.
6: Don't think your father was overly impressed, I have to say. No.
2: Didn't exactly go the way I thought it was going to. All right, okay, thanks very much. No worries, thanks. Well, pair of socks again, I guess.
3: I feel a bit sorry for Angel.
2: I feel a bit sorry for me. I still have to spend the bloody money. <laughs>
3: it's the thought that counts, Bill. That's exactly right.
2: Hello? Oh, and how about this new idea? It's called eye tattooing. It's the practice of injecting indelible ink into the eyeball to permanently colour the surface. The New South Wales government's just regulated bringing something like this in. Only a handful of Australians have actually tried it. Some people say it's ridiculous, and instead of regulating eye tattooing, they should be banning it. Are you ready for what happens? And if you're not, close your eyes. The sharp edge pushes against the cornea and pierces the delicate membrane. Continuing to the white of the eye, the needle squirts in a liquid that can never be removed. Some people say, people that like it, that eye tattooing was not a danger to the public. Cigarettes, sugar and slushies are far worse than people. Yeah, man. Because, you know... Never did myself any danger with a slushy, as far as I'm aware. It's a niche market only about 20 Australians have undergone eye tattoo procedures, including a guy on the Sunshine Coast who had his eyes dyed black five years ago. He said it was a weird, bizarre sensation, but it felt good in a kind of good way. Yeah. And then there's the woman in Western Australia who added a pale blue hue to her eyeballs. And she said, you know, it wasn't that terrifying. No, because there's nothing more terrifying than having a needle in your eyeball. I think, you okay out there? You look like you're gonna pass out. Yeah,
3: I, I feel a bit crazy. Hello,
2: how about these two guys in jail? Neither of the cellmates would reveal
5: how they tattooed their eyes or how they managed to create the colored ink.
8: Can't only really say the process, but I do know that it is painful a lot and you don't use a conventional tattoo gun or a homemade tattoo <laughs> gun. Because there's a layer you gotta get in between that layer. So you can use a hypodermic needle, but I ain't saying that's what we used. (laughs) He lived through it, so we went on with it. I just wanted to do a little diet, you know, to see what it was like, and it spread through half my eye. And I was like, well, it's a little late for doing a little experimentation now. I got half of it done. Might as well go all the way. Might as well go all the way. Go all the (laughs) way. I will say this. You
6: have to be committed. Really? If you decide to do this, it hurts. Really? It takes some time,
8: and you got to be serious about doing it. You really do. It's painful. It's like somebody who's taking hot ice picks and like stabbing the back of your eyes sometimes if you hit the wrong spot. You're done now, so I ain't got to worry about it. no more pain. No more pain. I don't get no complications in vision. I, go, no. I don't see no red. That's it's it. all just perfectly
2: fine. Yeah, that's great. That the fact you're in jail. Would you get it done? I mean, I've you know, got no issue with tattoos. I've got seven. But I certainly wouldn't get my face ever tattooed. And I'm, I'm kind of not like, into tattooing the neck either. And you know, other people who slice their tongue in half so it looks like a snake? What's your thought on that? 133353. Three. Eye tattoos. Are you up for it? I know Sammy X is definitely in line for one. Think again. Yeah. Eye tattoos. Too far? Or are you up for it? So, this new trend about getting your eyeballs tattooed. What do you reckon, Cash? You up for that?
4: i get it done. As soon as I. Get my music for you going, and I don't have to worry about how I look.
2: Yeah, I would get it done for sure, right? So, once you're the lead singer of Motley Crue, because that would be the only way anybody I think would take you seriously when you've got your 10 million in the bank and you don't need a job at the investment company. Exactly, what about uh, tattoos on the neck? How do you feel about those? I've never seen a good one, but I don't, I'm not against it. Hey, Josh. Hey, mate. How you going? Where do you stand on all this, then?
7: Um, I'm for it. I think that, you know, more power to people who want to change their bodies and, you know, colour their eyeballs. You know, I think it's the same
2: as, you know, tattooing your skin, piercing your ear. It's the next step, though, isn't it? Really? It is. It is the next step. What have you had done? Uh, I've got my
6: hands tattooed, my arms,
2: I've got my ears
4: stretched. So I've got a spacer in my lip as well. Yeah. I haven't gone as far as tattooing my eyeballs. I've thought
2: about it. Really? I haven't actually gone that If I can talk you out of it at any stage, I'll give you my number. Call me even if it's 3am. <laughs> okay, what about I'll, the, I'll keep that in mind. What about the slit of the tongue where you get the tongue and you cut it and it goes off in two different directions? And that's irreversible.
4: Yeah. That's oh, actually, it's not so irreversible. You can actually stitch it back together.
2: Oh, but, can you? I didn't um, know that.
4: Yeah, you can. It actually sometimes it grows back. But. Right. Um... I'm all for it. Like, really? If you want to change your body however you want, I mm. think more power to I just think that we should have a safe environment, and
6: I'm all for them regulating all no, these okay. procedures.
2: I can see where you come from. Okay, what about cutting your ears off? Have you thought about that? No. No, I good. There's <laughs> a
6: fine line between uh,
2: modification and... Uh, Stupidity.
9: Joy. Yeah, that's it.
2: So, uh, Stephen... What do you think? Would you get your eyeballs tattooed? Eyeballs? I thought you said balls. No,
1: not your balls. Nah, man. Sticking needles in my eyes, I'm not into. Sticking them in my balls, maybe.
2: Have you had any penis tattooing?
4: <laughs> it's that old joke, you know, they talk about...
2: Yeah, know. I know. gong. When you're not excited, it's just the gong. <laughs> Thank you. So, you know, I've been trying to get on to this talkback radio station. I did it one night. It was a bit of fun. The overnight guy was there and I thought I'd call up, get myself on there, tape it, and then it became an addiction and I can't stop calling, especially when you keep bringing up and giving me suggestions on topics I can get on and talk to him about. But it's got to the stage now where he's recognised my voice so I can't do that anymore. Uh, I can't use my phone because that must come up on this switchboard. So I've had to use, you know, like disguise my number and they don't answer withheld numbers. So it's, Basically, getting to the stage where I'm not going to be able to get on this guy's show much longer. But I did last night for you.
5: And our next caller on the line is Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Morning, Greg. How are you? Pretty good, Andrew. How are you? You sound vaguely familiar. Have you called before?
2: I just think backyard swimming pools, they should have a fully trained lifeguard there. If you've got a backyard swimming pool, you should have a fully trained lifeguard sitting in one of those seats when... You're using the pool, everybody, every homeowner throughout Australia. Well, and We've got they, fences. The we've, the got, we've got the, there in case they need it. That's all I'm saying.
5: The defibrillator. The defrib- well, actually, as yeah, a matter of fact, yeah, the defibrillator is like, a damn got to have a good apps, idea.
2: Like Strop from the Paul Hogan
4: show, and they sit up on there and a whistle.
5: Uh, <laughs> I know you're just being silly, aren't you, mate? I don't think this is Andy at all. How do you feel? You've been asked not to call this program anymore. Just I like your idea and okay, there's certainly a great
2: idea. Let me tell you about this one.
5: I don't have time for these sort of shenanigans and nonsense, mate. Moving on. Our next caller is Valerie calling from Hudson
2: Fire. Hello, Ross, how are you?
9: I'm very well, thanks.
2: I was saying to you before, I was a little surprised that your entourage weren't here, and I don't know whether you took it as like Umbridge or something, but you <laughs> had to explain to me how you had more, you know, roadies than Kanye West. And,
9: <laughs> no, know, no, no, it's <laughs> just you kicked off about the fact that I just turned up by myself. Yeah. And then I sort of I said, I mean, I do have people, yeah. but they're just not here. But well, some you elaborate
2: know. story that made me believe that perhaps there were no entourage, and then I coined the non-entourage phrase, and that just made it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, enter- so- yeah, non-entourage. <laughs> I'll,
9: I'll give you that. I like it, yes. <laughs> I see you described as Australia's favourite randomist. To be fair, I did invent that title. You can literally say any word, and it can mean anything. Have you met his brother-in-law, Bronze? Does it mean, like, tanned? Bronze is, like, a bad thing because the price of bronze is coming down? Does
2: it mean that he gets bronzed off really quickly? Exa- bro- you mean brassed off? Bron- yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's worse hit, than
9: you know? brassed off. It it's worse. the next level. It's like, <laughs> you know? how
2: are you feeling? Bronzed. Yeah, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> so I really enjoyed that show that you did, where you travelled through Australia as well. By oh, thanks the way. very much! And Cheers. looking
9: at the big banana, yeah, and yeah, I think you found
2: are. a lot. And it's <laughs> incredible that Australia has this thing for large bananas. Brilliant!
9: What we tried to do with that show was basically. Anything that would appear in a regular travel show, anything that was of interest to somebody that was visiting a place, we didn't feature it. <laughs> so that's why we just went. So when I'm in Sydney. Uh, oh, there's a bridge over there and an opera house. Now look at this pig. The pig down, um, I think it's next to the, the eye hospital down there. Okay. Do you know about this? Well, no, I don't, but I'm, I'm a, curious it's a, it's as to how a, the two can well, be related. And to be fair, I haven't, since we, we did that, uh, it's about 10 years ago now, so I'm sure it's still the same, but there's a pig, a, a statue of a pig. Down by the Eye Hospital, and it's bronze, right? Of course, yes. Bronze, bronze. I think bronze? I know. I did see this because it's in the middle of a thing,
2: and it's just standing it, there. It,
9: well, basically, there's the pigs there, and it's anatomically correct. Yeah, in it's downstairs department. Yeah, but it's gentleman's pig. It, bit, it's pork. Yeah, it's yeah, very much so. <laughs> it's sort of shinier than the rest of it, which led me to believe that either people were rubbing the pigs. Yes, excuse pork. me. Pork for good. Good luck. luck. Oh, because it was like an eye hospital. Whether it's kind of a lot of visually impaired people who are who are sort of staggering along on. Oh, what a sort of uh, Lionel Richie style touch the face. Yeah, I yeah. I wonder
2: yeah. if it's. Oh, it very much is. It could have been Edgar, the famous seeing eye pig, from 1950, <laughs> that helped establish the hospital, and just so to put a plaque so, on there so, it would have worked.
9: So we featured <laughs> that, and then and and also another, you know, in the similar vein is up in uh, Rockhampton. The beef capital. They, you know they've got all the statues of the cows all right. around the town, Yeah. and people were um, getting hammers and knocking off the the balls of the of the cows for good luck. Just I don't or know was it was. like a pagan thing? And they were just knocking them off like paperweight or something, <laughs> and then stealing the you know the balls. The, balls. the council workers had to. For a while, I had to walk around with a couple of coconuts in a bag. Or hang them on the car. What and a gig. Was, It's just one of those things where I just thought, it's such a beautifully Australian thing now. Yeah. You know, the fact that, you know, it's beef. Let's build some cows. Let's make them anatomically correct. We're proud of our cows. Yeah. And then it's such an Aussie thing of just going, oh, we've got to knock its knackers off. Bang. It's, but again,
2: it may have been a pagan thing. It may be something uh, a bit deeper and darker. There could, might be some druids well like at
9: the of... moment standing around going, blessed be the balls, you Ro- know. Rockhampton Wickham men. <laughs>
2: So we have a segment where we get some ideas, and we pitch them to celebrities, and if they like them, then we take them to TV. It's called Snap My Pitch Up, and tonight it features Ross Noble. Snap my pitch up. My pitch up. Okay, my first idea in Snap My Pitch Up is you dress up as a comedian doing your material as somebody else badly. Hang on. I dress up as a comedian, a different, a comedian. different comedian, right? And you do your own material as somebody else. So I do
9: my own tribute, that but really badly, right? The show is called Undercover Ross. Oh, I see. You see how it works, right? Is. Like the Undercover Boss. I'm taking that on. Well, well, okay. well, No, 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 no. It's fine. I like it, but why not make it where I am in bed, so I'm under the covers. Under the
7: covers. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah like, and,
9: and then it's like completely dark, and a different celebrity is introduced into the bed. Yeah. And then I interview them. but there's only one set of feet. Yeah, I've got no idea. How does that work? I don't know who the celebrity is. Yeah, yeah. So they get into the bed and then... You have to guess who it is. I don't even speak to them. but I just simply... <laughs> By touching their feet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what I've done is I've turned sexual harassment into... <laughs> into an art into, form. <laughs> into, a, into a format.
2: All right, well, how about this? You go in a Stooges cover band where you play Iggy Pop, right? Uh, like, you go to The X Factor or Britain's Got Talent and it's called Ignoble. Oh,
9: I like that. That's quite good. Is there a one that's coming up? Good Nobel Prize?
2: Well, it's another one called Nobel Prize. <laughs> it's for people who do good deeds, it's called Noble Gesture.
9: Right. So, okay. Obviously, you've heard that,
2: so I'll move on. Yeah. Okay, I've got two more, so don't panic. Um, you dress up as a member of the clergy.
9: <laughs> what I'm slightly worried about is the fact that you're <laughs> about to say the title of a, a radio or TV show I've already done. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, go Free on. wheeling, it's yeah, called. Cool. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, no, you dress up as a member of the clergy. You congratulate people who've done well in cooking <laughs> contests. You bless people, but people whose meals are no good don't get the blessing, and it's called Ross No noblest. noblest Ross No noblest, noblest no blessed no blessing taking that out now
9: yeah i would happily do that sure but just call it something
10: else. I mean, <laughs> that. It loses its, it loses its no, no, sense no, of no,
9: balance no, then. No, but that.
2: All no. oh, right, well, the last one's the best one. You're going to love this, right? Churches have to play pop songs on their church bells. You mean the church bells? Yes. Do popular tunes. Yes. Right. Okay, right, okay. Yeah. And it's a, it's a panel. Simon Cowles in it. Right. And whichever church doesn't play it very well by process of elimination gets the bell taken out and the show is called, are you ready? Ross no. Nobel.
7: Right. Come on, you like it secretly.
2: So secretly, I'm not even telling (laughs) myself. (laughs) Well, that would snap my pitch up. I feel that maybe we got one out of five there.
9: A better idea is to come up with those shows, but then change the names completely. Yeah. And pitch them to somebody else.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Mate, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey, Nigel. G'day, Ugly. How are you, mate? Thanks for the email I found in my inbox this morning. So you've sent me some audio from what year was this?
1: I reckon it had to have been like
6: 2008, 2009, around that time.
2: Where was it? Where did you find it?
6: Oh, I couldn't stop laughing. I I found it online. It's an old podcast of yours. Right. Uh, Do you remember with the
8: time that you were pretending to be a dentist?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> well, you know when you go to the dentist and they put a little bit of gauze in your mouth and then they start talking to you and you
7: go.
2: So I think that's where we got the idea for this one. All right, I'll play it on the air, mate. Thanks very much. It's something from the vault. Oh, I love it, Ugly. Love the show, too. Hazel. Oh, yes, hello. May I speak with the pharmacist, please? Yep, just a second. Thank you. How can we help you? Oh, yes, hello. It's uh, Dr. Dobson here. I have a patient here at the moment at my uh, dental surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've just anaesthetized him, but um, he's just told me that he's allergic to uh, some painkillers. I'd like to prescribe some painkillers for okay. him afterwards. Um, his name's Jeremy. Would you mind having a quick chat with him? Uh, I've just got to pop next door. Yes, yeah, not you. a problem. Jeremy, this is the pharmacist.
4: Hello? Hello? Oh, uh, Sorry?
8: Hello,
4: you need to get some painkillers. What's what is what is your name?
8: Sorry. Uh, Dennis. Yep. to Uh site.
4: Okay. Uh, can you put me back onto the to the uh, it's to ben. the it's dentist?
1: Yes, Danny. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, no.
4: it's alright. It's very. I mean, I can obviously tell you've had a procedure, and it's obviously very. I'm, Finding
0: it very difficult to understand what you're actually telling me. Yeah,
4: it's very difficult for me to actually understand what
0: you're what you're saying.
2: (laughs) (coughs) It's incredible the stuff that you remember and you hang on to, like when I found out that an octopus had a beak, I said, how can that be possible? it turned out was true and i read the other day that samuel l jackson one of his regrets was that he never had the chance to talk to michael jackson his namesake and i thought well that's probably something we can do with that using the power of the rubber room let's set up a conversation with samuel l jackson and
8: michael jackson here we go hello it's michael jackson what country are you from i can't believe you never heard of me i'm a very popular entertainer
10: get the out of my face with that shit
8: well how about this
1: Billy Jean is not my lover. Shut the f*** up. She's just the girl who says that I am the one. Shut the f***
8: up. The kid is not my son. Shut the f*** up. Well, back in 1979, I got real depressed when my Off the Wall album just got one lousy Grammy nomination. Yeah, <laughs> Negro? That's all you had to say. When I was your age, I had six gold records.
1: What does Marcellus Wallace look like?
8: Brooke Shields, Dinah Ross.
1: Describe what Marcellus Wallace looks like. Bubbles. Does he look like a bitch?
8: Of course.
1: You know what they call a quarter pound of cheese in France.
8: I'm a vegetarian and I don't drink.
1: What country are you from? Motown. That ain't no country I ever heard
8: of. You'd be amazed how often I hear that.
1: Well, I'm a mushroom cloud laying motherfucker, motherfucker.
8: I've helped
6: many, many, many children. Thousands of children.
1: I'd knock that shit off if I was you.
6: Give them hot milk,
2: cookies. No, 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 no. Yes,
6: yes, yes. F- you.
2: There you go. Thank you to everybody who's been asking me how my health is. And I know this has been an ongoing thing, but they thought at one stage I might have had a stroke, but then they ruled that out. And can I tell you, it always pays to get a second opinion. And I'll tell you why. Because doctors may be doctors, but it's like saying disc jockeys are disc jockeys. I mean, the good ones work at the breakfast show, and the bad ones work at the nighttime show. It's probably the same with doctors. So I've got a second opinion. And today I had plutonium injected into me, and they put me into a CAT scan. Oh, that's scary, man. And then the nurse said to me, uh, where would you like the injection? We can inject you in the arm or in the groin. And I said, well, I think I'll take it in the arm. Thanks very much. And then she said to me, well, you'll find that once the fluid goes into your body, your pelvis will feel like it's very hot, and you may feel like you wet yourself. And I said, well, that's just another Friday night, really, isn't it?
1: professional <laughs>
2: So in the UK, they're doing something which I haven't seen here in Australia yet, but I know people will like it. It's called a wineathlon, and basically what it is, is a marathon that happens while you're running. You drink wine. Is that right, Wayne? How does it work?
4: It's a 10k six-mile race, and every two miles, along with the usual um, water station and navels and the other stuff you get at a normal race, we're offering wine samples to the runners.
2: So whilst they're I mean, running, if they need refreshment, they stop, they have some wine, and then they keep going. They can have some wine, and then off they go. Do they have cheese as well? Well,
4: originally, no, but it has been brought to our attention that cheese and baguettes could be a good idea, so we've <laughs> just been onto to a supplier to look into doing that.
2: Yes, well, you know what snobs marathon runners are. <laughs> yeah. So is the point of the race to see who can get to the end most sober? That's what's going to happen. Are you opening this up to serious runners or serious drinkers? What's the criteria?
4: It's a mixture of just fun runners and walkers. Serious drinkers are not going to pay 20 quid to enter a race for less than half a glass of wine, are they?
2: But it'll be interesting to see what competitive type of people you'll have. I'm imagining the three categories the exercise category, the people who are in this for a bit of fun, but then you'll have your competitive wine types as well, who'll be stopping and going, Not my favourite, drop that one.
4: You've hit the nail on the head there. We have had one or two people at the uh, first year giving us a critique on the quality of the wines of the wine stations, which was quite hilarious, to be fair.
2: And of course, I actually forgot category four which is the freeloaders, although when they find out it's a 20 quid entry fee, they might not be as into it.
4: Yeah, they they tend to not come near.
2: What's the prize to the winner at the end? Do you get a cup that you can then use to drink wine out of?
4: (laughs) The first three places male and female each get a bottle of wine each. Everyone else gets a T-shirt.
2: You know what? You want to have one for smokers as well, for cigar aficionados. Can
4: you imagine the backlash from that? (laughs) Yeah,
2: good point. Although I have noticed that Sammy X has suddenly taken up some kind of athletics. That'd be right up your alley, wouldn't it?
3: I've got some training tomorrow night, Phil, so I might not be here for the show.
2: So, if you're looking for a good book read, there's a couple of good ones. Morrissey's book is fantastic, but so too is Dancing with Myself by Billy Idol. Came out a couple of years ago. We were talking about that.
1: It was kind of like a bit of a wild experience, sort of like you know having to be so honest a little bit at times. Um, but there again, I think it made for a well-rounded book. I think you get the sort of my full personality, you know, for the good side of me and the not so good side of me, and maybe the, I think that's what is needed. I think it was very much what I had to do for it to be a rounded version of my life. Something that would really make sense to people when they read it you
2: know. A lot of people they write autobiographies they look back and they go if only but I didn't really get a sense of that.
1: No I think it's just I had to own that territory I mean that's what kind of happened and uh, I mean obviously we all have some sort of regrets but in general I don't I mean uh, what was going on back then was par for the course and uh, yeah we were living it one moment at a time and
4: that's how we were doing it. There's some great yeah.
2: stories behind the songs as well. For example, Rebel Yell, which I never realised was about you drinking whiskey with the Rolling Stones. Yeah, that was the sort of genesis of it, yes. <laughs> a great read if you want to have a look at it and takes you back to his Gen X days through the drug days to, well, there's a lot of leather pants days in there. Hey, do you know that New Zealand guy changed his name to Dotcom and then there was a the 30-year-old Wisconsin man. He's just changed his name to Doo Doo Zoppity Bop Bop Bop. Well, further to that, a British man's just changed his name to Bacon Double Cheeseburger. He said he did it with his mates after a night out drinking. <laughs> who would have believed that? Apparently, the new name, Mr. Cheeseburger, sorry, Mr. Bacon Double Cheeseburger said, hasn't affected his career as a consultant in the oil and gas industry. He said, well, you no, know, no. People just find out that's my name and they're fairly ambivalent to it. And I know that as a for a fact. And I'll tell you why. Because people are over that. You can call yourself anything and people just, it'll just wash over them. I can prove it to you. How can I help you? Oh, hello, mate. Do you have the Batman Begins DVD in there? Batman Begins. Yep. Yeah, we've got about three or four copies in Oh, right good. Now. Could you hang on to it for me and I'll pop down?
7: Yeah, let's go your phone number. Sure. Well,
2: I'll just give you my name. Uh, I've got oh, okay. ID on me. Uh, it's Nicole Kidman. Nicole came in with it? Yeah. Okay, I'll go grab it for you now. Thanks, mate. I'll see you That's... in a minute. Okay, see you later. Is Chris speaking. Yeah, hello, mate. Do you have Snakes on a Plane on DVD? Uh, yes, we do. Oh, good. Okay.
8: Yeah, we have two copies in. All
2: right, I'll just pop in. I'll just leave my name there. I've got ID on me. Yeah. Yeah, it's Barack Obama.
8: Barack Obama. That's my name, yeah. Do you have a membership here?
2: Yeah, I do, yeah. Okay, absolutely. I'll bring ID with me, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Barack Obama.
8: Here's Bob- one.
6: Danny.
2: Do you have the original Rocky film there on DVD? I'll
6: just check for you. Thank you. Was
2: it just Rocky
6: 1 that you wanted? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we've got it. Oh, okay, yeah. can
2: you hang on to it? I'll pop it and pick it up. No worries. Okay, uh, I'll leave my name, um, shall uh, I? Y- yep. Yeah, right. it's um, Pope Benedict Sixteenth. Okay, yep. Okay, I'll see you in about ten minutes. No worries, see ya. Looking forward to seeing this great band, Highly Suspect, when they tour Australia later on this year. I've seen them. Is that you, Johnny? Yeah, that's how we fell. Glad to be talking to you. I really like the stuff you've done. It's just a real throwback to almost a do-it-yourself rock band.
0: Yeah, hey, well, thanks, man. That's all it is. I'm just, you know doing it ourselves. Things have changed pretty drastically. It's been a really uh, wild year and you know now we get to come to Australia. That's pretty crazy.
2: So you were found initially I believe busking in a subway. That's how you got the attention of um, Joel Hamilton.
0: Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's in <Cinderella> the story, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> From what I hear of the album too, it's a pretty personal album. I mean, you've opened a few wounds here in order to write a lot of these songs, I guess.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I think that's important. I think there's a lot of uh, stuff in the mainstream that, that just kind of watered down. But the uh, honestly, they usually have something to say. and They're not afraid to Put something out on the line because it becomes bigger than you, you know. When you know that you can help people to have situations that are relatives. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's, for me, there's no other way than to uh, to let it
2: out. Yeah, kind of like therapy, anyway. Have you heard from Lydia yet? Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> Do you think she started up a Facebook page about you? Oh, yeah, I am sure she's. I'm sure she's very really well aware.
0: What the you've done, I mean, especially over here in America, who isn't? I'm sure she's psyched, I'm sure she's happy for me, and uh, I'm yeah. happy for her and her life. It's all good. We're amicable, you know? It is what it
2: is. Can't wait to see you when you get here as well. That's How many is that? Like, like two weeks away oh, or something? Uh,
0: I can't wait. It's cold here in Nashville. I want to get warm, find some koala bears, you know what I'm saying? Like, come down. Uh, we're really excited for our party.
2: Well, we're pretty excited to see you when you get here. We'll get you in as our rubber band. We'll film you downstairs, and we'll go and see them as well live. Hello to everybody who's studying at the moment, and I say that because Tony's on the phone and he sent me something a moment ago via email. How are you, man? Yeah, not bad. Yourself? Good, mate. So you sent me this video. What is it? What are you doing?
6: It's a test video for my engineering course. I'm just trying to see if you can help me out, you know, just trying to figure out what's <laughs> going on in it. So, how long
2: have you been studying engineering for, and how and what on earth is this video?
6: i uh, been going for about 18 months now. Yeah. It's kind of a video just just
2: about learning engineering in general. I don't know how you learned anything out of this. I'm going to play it to everybody right now.
10: Yeah, go ahead.
2: All right, have a listen to this. this. is what Tony just sent me. This is his homework tonight. Figure this out. Here
10: at automotive operations, research has been proceeding to develop a line of heavy-duty transmissions that establishes new standards for reliability, durability, and quality.
2: Yeah, right. It's pretty easy so far.
10: Yeah. Here we go. With customer needs as our primary focus work is proceeding on the instrument that would not only supply inverse reactive current for use in unilateral phase detractors but would also be capable of automatically synchronizing cardinal grammeters. Right. It's produced by the modial interaction of magneto reluctance and capacitive directance. Right. The original machine had a base plate of prefamulated amulite right. surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fan, <laughs> The latter consisted simply of six hydrocoptic marzel veins so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively prevented. Are these even words? The main winding was of the normal lotus-o-delta type placed in <laughs> panendermic semi-boloid slots of the stator. What? Every seventh conductor being connected by a non-reversible tremie pipe to the differential girdle spring On the up end of the gram meters. Right. Moreover, whenever a fluorescent score motion is required, it may also be employed in conjunction with a drawn reciprocation dingle arm to reduce sinusoidal depleneration.
2: Thank you. No, no, thank you. And now Sammy X will explain to you what that meant.
10: Oh, sorry, I zoned
3: out ages ago. (laughs) (laughs) You may find this a bit disturbing. He held me. Go!
0: a rubber room.